Episode number 188, Value Betting. Welcome to the Heads Up Poker Podcast. This is Steve Barton, and thank you for tuning in. This week, it's solo mio, uh, just me. Uh, I've got uh, Mike has set quite a uh, quite a goal. He's going to be playing 250 hours this month uh, at cash. And with our schedules right now, I'm working Monday through Thursday, uh, 10-hour days, and then I got Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. And Mike is has to be playing uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the uh, at the card room. So uh, for this week, no guests, just you and me. Um, let's see, what's new? Mexico. That was a blast. I don't know if, in, if you guys have ever been down to Tijuana or Rosarito, but if you're thinking about it, I would highly recommend it. Extremely cheap. Uh, the last night, my buddy Danny and I were there. We found the fanciest restaurant that they had down there. You know, it's the one where the waiter comes out and he's got the towel draped over his arm and, and he puts a, a cloth napkin in your nap in your lap before he asks you which, what you'd like to drink at one of those places. And dinner for the two of us was uh, $39. So it's, um, you know, in Vegas, that would have easily been $150, uh, probably more if you got a dinner like that at the Wynn. And um, yeah, I would recommend it. I felt completely safe. It was a lot of fun. And uh, a weekend like that in Vegas or Hawaii would have been thousands of dollars. <laughs> Instead, it was a few hundred. So it was a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. Um, what else do we got coming up? Uh, oh, I got a stocks class I briefly mentioned last show. And I called the guy. I signed up for the program. I sent him a check for 5 k before I was able to talk myself out of it. And... Uh, I'm excited about this. It's going to be the first week in October, so we've got, a, got a, another few weeks before it comes up, but it's going to be four hours one day, four hours the next, and then you start day trading. This guy gives you uh, coaching for um, live coaching for the first month, and then uh, questions and emails and phone calls after that for uh, three months. So you do have some coaching support afterwards, which which is, uh, is good, at least for me, was important. Because I want to make sure that what I'm actually applying when I'm day trading is uh, uh, is corresponding with what I should be doing, you know. Um, but the more and more I learn about this, I've been I've been listening to books on stocks. Um, I've been studying it and just talking with um, other guys that do this for a living. It's extremely similar to poker. Like I, I mean, like all the concepts are the same. You know, they're they're like. Um, you know, never risk more than 1% of your bankroll on any one decision. You know, that's exactly what I do with tournaments, right? There, There is one time during the year where I'll risk a significant portion of my bankroll, and that's during the WSOP, but it's because the field is so soft, um, I think it's worth it. And seven out of eight years, I've had a winning uh, summer, so I must be doing something right. Uh, it's the same with stocks. You don't want to risk too much on one decision. What if you're wrong? Okay, I learned this lesson with that MGTI stock uh, for uh, for Bitcoin. Bought that, bought in for that one for uh, several dollars, and I think now it's 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 going strong at about thirty cents. So that's <laughs> it should have correlated uh, between there, but um, apparently I had to make the mistake to learn the lesson. Um, what are some other uh, similarities between stocks and poker? It's oh, 
um, pattern recognition, just like chess, uh, recognizing the patterns in the charts and then being, being able to predict what it's going to do minutes or hours into the future. Uh, timing tells, just like in poker, right? How long does this pattern take to, to go? Is it 45 seconds or is it 45 minutes? Um, what are some other ones? Timing tells, uh, pattern recognition, um, bankroll and money management, and um, just accepting that in stocks, there's a general acceptance that, like poker, that, okay, if I made this bet an infinite number of times, I'm going to, on average, win 53% of the time. Okay, and you calculate what the rake is and whether that's a good bet or not. It's a lot of that, a lot of math. Um, very interesting. I'm, I'm excited to uh, learn about this. Another thing that, um, his name is Randall, the guy that uh, is going to be coaching Danny and I, that was interesting to me is he was telling me, he, when he was telling me what, uh, you know, what, what skills it takes to be good at, uh, at day trading and what he calls swing trading, which is buying a stock and predicting that in the next two to three months it's going to go up. So it's a little bit more long term instead of these quick um, quick uh, purchases and sells. Um, he said that, and this was before I told him that I had a poker podcast and I play cards. He said that about half of his students are poker players and a lot of them are good at chess. And I said, that's very interesting. I said, why do you think that is? And he said, well, I don't know much about poker, but from what my students tell me, there's a lot of similarities. And he started mentioning pattern recognition, all that. And I said, well, that's interesting, Randall, because uh, I have a uh, I have a poker podcast and I've been playing cards profitably for over a decade. Um, and everything you're telling me does sound a lot like poker. So <laughs> it's interesting. I think I'm going to be very good at this. A, a, a fear of mine that I have, ironically, more than paying more than I've ever paid for a class before, which is 5k for basically eight hours of instruction, uh, is that I'm afraid that I'm going to get so into this that um, I'll have less time for playing poker. And I love playing poker so much. It's, uh, I don't know, we'll see. Maybe I'm, maybe that's a stupid fear um, because I think that stocks could be a lot more profitable than, uh, than cards. Um, you know, there's no ceiling in stocks. Look at Warren Buffett. You know, he's perfected and become a master at uh, buying and selling stocks and options. And it's one of the richest men in the world. Um, you know, I think there's three avenues that you could really make a lot of money in. One of them is stocks. Another one is real estate. And the third is having your own business. And at least to me, real estate's the easiest because you just buy it and then rent it out. And over time, the renters pay off the house and then you just get money free and clear. I mean, when you hire a property manager, there's there's no maintenance there. You know what I mean? It's basically just writing a random check once every two to three months for a broken uh, garage door or something. Um, stocks, I think, could be quite lucrative. I mean, like the stocks I have now, um, my Roth IRA is making about 8% a year, uh, which is good. Um, the ones that I've personally traded myself, I'm making like 3 or 4% a year. Um, but I, I don't have to do anything. I do. They just sit there and they grow. You know, uh, with your own business, there's a lot of work to that. You got to starting up, um, you know, but look at um, look at Donald Trump for real estate. And uh, as far as a business, look at uh, Steve Jobs and what he built with Apple. You know, 
when you're working a nine to five job, there's a ceiling there. You know, there's a, there's a finite amount that you can make. Uh, even for me in the fire service, you know, if I promote all the way up to the top, I'll make a little bit over 200K, but that's it. You can't make any more. In stocks, there's no ceiling. In real estate, there's no ceiling. And in your business, there's no ceiling. If you pick the right business. Okay, enough of uh, stocks and options and, and making money. Let's uh, let's talk some poker, shall we? Remember to get your 7-Minute Tilt Buster by Elliot Rowe. You can click on the link in the show notes. It's free, doesn't cost you a dime, and it'll only make you play better. Get yourself in the right frame of mind. Get in the right mindset before you start wagering large sums of money for these small little edges, okay? Listen to it before you play. Use the code HUPOKER if you're going to buy some of his other MP3s. I have all of them. And uh, save yourself some cash. Okay. Here, value betting. All right, this is going to be... Well, I guess in this scenario, uh, we're value betting every street. We have Ace, Queen of Hearts, we are seven-handed, and we're UTG plus one. All right, so we got the button, cutoff, hijack, and we're in the low jack, all right, with Ace, Queen suited. Now, it uh, folds to us, so under the gun folds, and with blind levels at 2040, this is in a Bovada, um, what was the buy-in here? It's either 44 or 55. I can't remember. In that ballpark. Um, we got Ace, Queen of Hearts. Sizing, raising uh, when the big blind is 40. I like a little bit more than 3X. And we make it 133. Okay. I like it. As long as we're going over 120, I think that's good. Um, we get uh, one caller to our left. So the, um, uh, the hijack calls. And everyone else folds. We go to a flop with Ace Queen of Hearts. We have the Ace of Spades, Jack of Diamonds, Three of Hearts. So we got top pair, good kicker. Uh, we have a backdoor flush draw. And effective stacks right now are 3,500. Okay, we have 3,500. Villain has 3,800. So effective stacks are 3,500. Pot right now is 326. So, quick question for you. Trivia, you may have to pause this. What is our stack to pot ratio? 326 in the middle, and we have 3,500. Okay, do-do, Jeopardy music. All right, we're at about 10 to 1. Okay, this is good enough for the uh, poker math at the table. Uh, always be aware of what the stack to pot ratio is. Okay, if you have a stack to pot ratio, something like two to one. So let's say our stack right here was only 600 and we're holding pocket kings on an ace high board. Might be kind of hard to get away from that hand. The guy's probably going to call with queen jack there. He's also going to call with all his aces. But with the stack to pot ratio of 10 to one in that spot, we should very we should be able to get away from our kings there. Okay, makes sense. So always know what your stack to pot ratio is here. It's about 10 or 11 to one. Uh, so we got plenty of room to play. Now, top pair, good kicker, backdoor flush draw, backdoor straight draw. What uh, what do we want to do here? Do we want to check or do we want to bet? I'm going to argue for the value bet. I think that he's calling with all broadways here. I think he's calling with king-queen. I think he's calling with queen-10, king-10. 
Uh, I think he's calling with gut shots. I think he's calling with worse aces. And I think he's also calling with all jacks, at least on the flop. All right. So we don't have any information any information on this player. Um, we've got uh, three hands on him, so nothing. Um, I like a bet here. And as far as sizing, I'm probably going to go more than half pot, less than two-thirds, something like that. Okay, so 326 in the pot. Let's see what we bet. We bet 211. Um, I like it. Uh, just... Uh, yeah, it's right about two-thirds. Okay, so we bet 211, and villain pretty quickly calls. Turn is the seven of diamonds. So with ace-queen of hearts now, uh, we have a board of ace of spades, jack of diamonds, three of hearts, and the turn is the seven of diamonds. Putting up a backdoor flush draw there. We cannot get our backdoor flush draw now, and we cannot make a straight um, because uh, a ten or a king did not come in. So, what do we do here? We've got 748 in the pot, and effective stacks are 3,300. All right, so I'll give you a second here. What's the stack-to-pot ratio? Okay, thinking about it. Okay, it's about 4 to 1, maybe a little bit less, uh, like 3. Yeah, I figure about 4 to 1. Okay, so we're no longer 10 to 1. We're starting to build a little pot here. Can we value bet this? I believe we can. I think that he is now going to continue to call with worse aces than ours. Uh, I think he's going to, we might be able to squeeze out a little value with the jack here, especially on Bovada. You know, people are real sticky and um, he may just get it in his head that we got king queen and, and he's good. <laughs> you know, it. Um, I think we can get called by probably good jacks like king jack, queen jack, maybe jack 10. That might be kind of a, a stretch. Um, and I also think that we can get called by, um, worse aces. So ace 10, ace eight, ace six, ace five, ace four, ace deuce, maybe. Um, as far as sizing here, this time I might go a little bit, uh, smaller. We got 748, so call it 750 in the middle. Uh, 375 would be half, um... I'm going to say I'll bet uh, like 299 or like 333, something like that. Let's see what hero bets here. Oh, pretty close. I bet 322. Okay. Um, I like it. I think we'll get uh, some of those jacks to call. I think that we'll get worse aces to call. Um, I, gut shot should be folding at this point, uh, but you never know. It is Bovada. Okay. Uh, we bet 322. And villain calls. Okay, so now, what are we ranging this guy on right here when he calls the turn? I think he's very heavily weighted to naked aces. Uh, as far as weak aces, aces worse than ours. Uh, I think he may have like a king jack, king queen, in, or queen jack in there, although we block queen jack. I think that's possible. Uh, and then there's the random um, gut shot to the wheel. So... He shouldn't be calling here in the cutoff to uh, an earlier position raise with 5-4 um, uh, and things like 2-4, um, 2-5. Uh, uh, but he could have paired uh, the 4 on the end. The river was the 4 spades. So with ace-queen of hearts, the final board is ace of spades, jack of diamonds, 
three of hearts. The turn was the seven of diamonds, putting up the back door flesh draw, and the river is the four of spades. <sighs> so, what do we bet? I think our main target here should be weaker aces, uh, stronger jacks, and then the oddball 5-4 that maybe it was 5-4 of diamonds and he picked up a flesh draw on the turn. Um, that would give him a gut shot too. That would make sense. Um, but I think our main target here should be a weaker ace. Now, we have, we'll call it 1400. It's 1392 in the middle. Effective stacks are 3K behind. So we've got about uh, 3 to 1. I'm sorry, uh, about 2 to 1 stack to pot ratio. What can we get called by here and how do we do it? I'm going to say we should bet small, maybe like a third pot. So into 1400, betting something in the neighborhood of 450-ish, I think would be acceptable. Now, the thing about this is, is when we bet here, trying to get called, um, if he raises, I believe this is a bet fold. I don't think, I don't think one pair is ever good here when we bet. And then if he shoves the, uh, the river, um, I think we're almost always beat. Uh, we get to save uh, a bunch of chips. Now, remember the blind levels here are only 2040. So by us betting something like, you know, 400, that's an extra 10 big blinds on the river. Um, you know, if we get raised at that point, I think we're beat and we just got to accept that we move on to the next hand. But I believe the move here is bet folding. And I would be betting in the 400 to 450, uh, 500, I think might be a little much. Um, I think you're definitely folding out jacks if you do that, but well, let's see what hero bets. We bet, whoa, we go big. Okay. We bet uh, 655, um, villain snap calls and, uh, he shows a ace eight. All right. So, um, I think that sizing on the river might be just a little bit too big. Although that basically means what I bet 655. So that means I got an extra, 15 or 16 big blinds instead of only 10, which is what I would Monday morning quarterback uh, bet. There's spots like this all the time that I see a lot of recreational and amateurs players. They're 90% certain they have the best hand on the river and they, um, they don't bet it because they're afraid of getting raised. And I think that's a mistake when you feel and you, you can just tell that you got the best hand on the river and you know it and the villain probably knows it throw out just squeak out a little bit more value on the river there you'll be surprised at how often you get called and they nod their head and go that's what i thought you had and then they throw their hand in the muck okay so even though it may seem like a real small bet here you know i was advocating for 10 big blinds but i, I mean 16 big blinds work too. I got an extra six, six bigs out of it. You know, there's a lot of value to be had in that. When, if you run your database and you look at uh, what you should be making with aces, okay? So this is, this is the average of aces over every single position. Uh, you should be making about 15 big blinds. When you're on the button, you're probably going to make more. When you're under the gun, you're probably going to make less. But the average should be about 15 big blinds. Kings are around 10 to 12 big blinds when you average all the spots and all the positions. So basically, betting, value betting these rivers with marginal hands, which ace queen is by the river here, um, is just like 
getting kings or aces. Okay, so you cannot miss these spots. These are where you make your money. This is how you build your bankroll as a professional poker player. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, Next week, we'll be back. And thank you for tuning in. Here is your weekly motivational speech. In order to get to the next level, I had to make sacrifices. The reality was I was overweight. I was out of shape. You know what? I started to give up soda and only drink water. I gave up french fries. Before I knew it, I had to get disciplined. So my question for anybody to get to that next level, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to give up? Who are you willing to stop hanging around? You know what, I spent a lot of time drinking and hanging out with my boys. I had to give that up. And while they were at the nightclub, while they were at the bar drinking, I got into the stadium. I stole a key from the manager and at midnight, I would get shots up. At midnight, I would work on my game. And that's the kind of passion, that's the kind of commitment it takes to get to that next level. So as a training and development person, my first question is to make sure what are you willing to give up? What is your discipline like? What is your work ethic like? Are you just comfortable right now? You got an $80,000 job and you're comfortable. You work on a work queue and you're comfortable. You can't get comfortable. None of us can arrive. None of us can just go through the motions. Our job is to get bigger, stronger, and faster. Our job is to get better. All my clients, at least minimum, got to get 10% better. You can't hang around me and not get better. You can't hang around me and stay the same. Because me staying the same almost ruined my future. By staying the same, I got stuck. And I got inspired that I got to get better. I got to get to this next level. And I'm obsessed with this next level. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get to your next level. You can't afford to stay the same. I want you to travel. I want you to have a big house. I want you to have a nice car. But most importantly, I want you to get to the top. I want you to have your dreams come true so you can have this feeling that I have. This feeling that I have, nobody can take it away. I know what it feels like to have a hope and a dream and to get it. We're not chasing dreams, we're catching them.